Brands on Brands. Hi, my name is Jessica Phillips, and my personal mission is to inspire others to love more, give more, and be more within their business through the art of authentic relating. I firmly believe relationships are more powerful than marketing, and today we're going to talk about just that. So I'm excited to be on Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach. And I believe that building a brand that matters is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in each week as we bring you thought leaders and experts and more advice on how to build your brand, how to bring marketing expertise into your business so you can tackle it yourself and grow. And today is no different. Today we have a special guest. It is an interview day. Today we have Jessica Phillips from Now Marketing Group. Jessica is a social media strategist known for her outspoken dedication to relationship marketing. And that's what we're diving into today, relationship marketing. Uh, You'll hear about how she defines that, what that is. Her personal mission is to inspire people and she'll explain that and what, what the, all the things are that get her going. But she founded Now Marketing Group for a little bit of background in 2010 with only a laptop and a vision. It's now a Forbes-recognized agency partner and a certified inbound partner with HubSpot. The agency Now Marketing Group also works with more than 100 clients across the United States and beyond who are choosing to serve and not sell. They're looking for answers to how do we build bigger and better relationships with our clients, not just sales pages. Jessica teaches comprehensive relationship marketing, presents in a weekly show, a weekly video cast that's called Magnet Marketers. And she hosts one of the largest social media conferences in the Midwest called Social Media Week Lima, and was named as one of the top global rising stars in social media to watch. She, I can attest to this, is one of the most genuine and passionate people out there and does always put people first. So she does lead by example with that. Uh, We'll get, you know, a little bit about her background. She does come from humble beginnings and from that has grown a million dollar agency and is now an international speaker. And that career is just continuing to grow. Uh, She's not only someone you want to watch, but someone you want to learn from and build a relationship with because she leads from the heart. And it's one of the reasons, one of the few reasons I definitely wanted to bring her on today And that's what we're going to get into. We're going to dive into how to do that for your business, how to build relationships, how to take those extra steps to not just be a robotic face of your business, but to actually speak genuinely from your brand truth and reach out to people in a way that makes them want to become customers, but not just customers, but also advocates, not just fans and followers, but also fanatics and advocates that tell other people about your business. So all that today, and also a tease, you know, we talk about this thing called dark social a couple of times, and we don't get to the definition to the end there, but we do cover it. So if you're waiting for it, that's what it's really at the end, but we do talk about what that means, what it is and how you can leverage that to bring some more business that is with through real relationship development. So Hope you guys are as excited about this as I am. And without further ado, let's jump into the show. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Jessica Phillips, to the show today. Jessica, first, thank you for being here, first and foremost. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me on. 
Of course. Well, and the reason I'm excited today, and yes, I'm always excited, but the reason today I'm excited is we get to talk about the power of relationships to grow a business. Does it actually happen in the DMs? You know, what's the what's going on today? Uh, we're not talking about networking. We're talking about relationship marketing. Let's start there. What's the value of relationships, and why are you know why are they so important? Oh my goodness! I say relationships are the currency of business today. Honestly, because they're they're powerful. They've always been powerful, right? But I think we've lost sight of it a little bit um, because we got all this new technology and ways of reaching people. So we thought we could save time by reaching the masses. Well, something happened there. You know, in the olden days, I would say that we all realized word of mouth was that best business generator for us. And really that hasn't changed. It's still word of mouth, but now we have access to world of mouth, right? When we look online and see what others are saying about different brands and we have access to more information and products and services at our fingertips and can decide if we're choosing one brand over another. And the most powerful decision that we can make is really influenced by others that are talking about brands, right? So I know there was even study that was done that said online reviews, whether we know the individual or not, 88% of people are trusting reviews that are left by our peers about whether or not we should choose a brand to work with. And the only people that are leaving those reviews are people that are psyched up about that company. I mean, if we're buying something, you know, from someone, we're expecting to get the value back that we gave for that transaction to happen, right? We're not going to go rave about it on a review if that wasn't the case. It's just, hey, we did a fair transaction. So if brands have focused in on relationships and really building that extra little something that they that they can do with individuals, the people that they're currently serving, the ones that are going to be leaving those reviews and hopefully talking about them online so they're showing up more often. That's now how sales are generated, especially in this world that we're moving into, which is that dark social world, you know, which is a lot different than the dark web, but where more and more conversations are happening in the inbox, even with people talking about brands. And so we as companies can't even see necessarily what those conversations are being had about our business. And we're definitely not getting invited to the conversation unless we've established some kind of deeper rapport than a transaction with our customer. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think a lot of people would like to say, okay, relationships are important. I wanted to hear your version of it because I think you start to take it to a different level as, you know, how do we see this as an opportunity and a new way to think about our relationships with our customers? And I love that. And I'll even say with you, like, I didn't know who you were a year ago. And, you know, I started this show and I started interviewing speakers. And, you know, as I followed their journeys, you know, I like, oh, they're speaking at this event in Lima, Ohio. And I'm like, what event in Lima, Ohio? And guess what? It's an event thrown by Jessica. And, and so I'm like, okay, well, who's Jessica? And, you know, so you start to figure this out. And then I'm interacting with some of the speakers and they're like, Jessica's awesome. You should meet her. And then Aww. we go to an event and you're there. And it, it, so it, it, like these relationships start sometimes not even in person. They start just in the ether, if you will. Right. Um, just like you, it's like word of mouth, but it's not the way people think about it. It's like your name is living on, your reputation is living on elsewhere. 
It's that magnet versus bullhorn thing. Yeah. Right. Not sorry, but it's like you're attracting in your community of like-minded individuals and people that are going to stick with you and advocate for you when that's what you're putting out, right? Like you're, you're going to find your matches very easily. Like that the referral from a referral, right? And, and people that have done business way more efficiently, effectively, and sustainably than if you're just doing the bullhorn approach that we've all been taught about kind of marketing advertising that we just have to blast our message out as loud as we can to reach as many people. It's not as effective if we just focused on doing the work so people come to us. So how are you doing that intentionally? Because it's easy to say, okay, I had a customer, I'd like them to talk about me. But I'd say you have the ability to even find people that you're not working with yet. And then even some of them are saying, you should meet Jessica, you know, like whatever it is. But it's, so that has to be fostered. What's your approach to, to doing that? Yeah, my approach is the same thing I tell our clients to do. Out care the competition. Like seriously, truly care. It has to start from the inside out. And care is an acronym. I'm a nerd for them but really doing the work to start from the inside out. So CARE stands for capturing attention, articulating your message, real relationships, and exceptional experiences. So if you break that down to what that really means, like what do we need to do starting from the inside out, it's first understanding who we are as a brand and not focusing on the product or service that we're selling, but focusing truly on what are we here to do And why do we want to do it? Like, I love Simon Sinek's start with why, but I almost say, like, take it a step further and say, what is your manifesto, right? And so we work with clients on creating a manifesto, but that manifesto really adds this personality and the style to who you are and gives you ideas of like where you're going to even show up and how you're going to show up to capture that attention in a way that's working like a magnet. So it could be something as literal, and I talk about this a lot when I have done speaking engagements the past year as one of our clients that I was just love, you know, their their story and transformation. I love all of them, but one of the most recent ones, it was a water bottle company. And you would think they could sell to anyone, right? And they offer a water bottle. And many brands do. We do that and we get caught up in that, that anyone can use our product and service. So we focus on the thing instead of, the sense of belonging. So if you stop focusing on the buying and just focus on the belonging, like who are we here to capture the attention of and what is our message and our manifesto, that's going to create that personality. So what we did with this water bottle company is focus in on, they're not just there to sell water bottles because a thousand (laughs) options are there for you to buy water bottles. So it's not going to build and attract that brand loyalty or purchasing unless you have the lowest price, right? And we don't want to compete in that game. So instead, we've worked with this brand and said, okay, who are you? What are you here to do to capture the attention? And they said, we're here to help others create these exceptional experiences in their life. Like that's our MO, right? Like that's what we're really here to do as a brand. That's what we get excited about. That's who we are as an individuals, you know, that are running this company. You know, it was a husband and wife duo, and that's what they were passionate about. One, uh, the husband is the one that's like doing these marathons and these ultra, you know, mountain climbing things. And his wife, his partner is one that loves working and supporting other women. So we took that, their passions together of who they are at their core, starting from the inside out and said what they're really there truly to do and just created this tone and this style and this flair for the brand itself. And it started capturing the attention of those people that are going to stick with them, articulating the message. Then the second part of care 
is all about then refining how you're communicating with your customers. And you're spot on, like getting people that already know you, like what is going to help them get to that next point to want to refer you on or even talk about you. The first step is making it crystal clear so they know what it is that you do, right? Like I can't even tell you how many people I've spoke with that they, they are very well known for who they are, but nobody could tell you what they do for their business, right? Like that doesn't help anyone. So you have to get clear, of course, on the messaging and how your style of it, but then what it is that you do. So whatever that thing is, because it's not, again, like it's not what you do. It's how we do it. That's really going to make it stick in people's minds, but we still have to be clear on our message and include others in that conversation. And when I say others, I'm talking about your current customers, your team members, your community, and your followers. And the goal would be if we can have a conversation with them in a meaningful way of asking their questions, their feedback, creating that sense of belonging, we can turn our followers into our truest fans that are sharing our content, engaging with it, not just liking that page, right? We can turn our clients into our biggest advocates and using the example of the water bottle company, instead of just releasing new styles and designs, we asked their community, what did they want to see? Like, what were they into, right? And we started personalizing uh, water bottles. We started hearing that they liked, you know, these, uh, I forget the name of the show, but it was a kid's cartoon show that they wanted for, for their kids' water bottles for gifts. Awesome. We create it, they see it, and they get thanked for it they're showing up to the next conversation that's happening online. So they're invested now, right? And then turning your community into collaborators means that you're not just showing up and sharing your own content, but think along the lines of who else believes what we believe and supports that community that we can also connect with to just add more value to our clients, our community. So it could be something as simple as this, right? I'm showing up for interview. I love it. I'm passionate about relationship marketing. I want to show up here and collaborate with you and talk about it. And then what am I going to do after this releases? I'm sharing it to my community because it may be beneficial to them. But even if it, even your other podcast, right? Like sharing ones that would be valuable to our community because it's helping them reach a goal faster or solve a pain point faster. Right. And then the other thing is turning your team members into evangelists. And this is the one that I think is the second most overlooked. The first being we focus so much on getting new business that we forget about the people that have already given us their business and that are really the ones drawing in the business for us. That we also then forget about the people that are working with our customers, which is our team members. And we should focus on turning our team members into evangelists. And the only way to do that is to have that true culture to let them in on it, even hiring based upon it of who they are and what they're there to do, but then encouraging them, giving them permission to make some decisions, get involved, not make it feel forced that they have to share a social post, right? Or list things out, tag us and all of that, but give them a reason to want to talk about it, treat them well. They're the ones that are working with our customers at the end of the day and the ones that are providing that experience that our customers are going to be grading us on right? So it, it truly does start from the inside out. All marketing does. Obviously you put, you put a lot of thought into this and you, this is what you do every day with people. And, you know, for those, for, so the, for those of you listening that might have to pause and rewind here, 
to capture everything that you were you were going through here. What stood out to me, obviously, the idea that we need to care about our, our customers and our relationships, and not just the people we think about, but at all different levels of our organization. I think that that stands out, and that the message you put out there needs to be clear about you know what you stand for. I think a mutual uh, call it friend, a guest of the show, ha, uh, Mark Schaefer, talk you know has written a book called Known, and you know, has identified that this is something that that we all need to do is figure out what are people saying about us and how do we develop our reputation for that thing? So I, I totally am on board with this, but I think a lot of us might need to rewind and, and take that in because these are some of the knowledge you know, bombs that you're dropping here today. And I, I really That's appreciate that. the first that. two letters. Okay. Exactly, exactly. But I do want to dive into that, that idea of relationships a little bit more. Most people, I think, you know, tr- realize that relationships are important and they try to nurture them. So what is it, when you talk about real relationships, what does that mean to you? And what's, what I want is, after you kind of explain what that means to you, what I want to hear is what's missing in the approach that a lot of, maybe most of us are taking, we don't even know. Oh, great question. So that is, or spot on with now getting into the R, the real relationship portion, which it can only be done when we have the first two right. Okay. So that's why I always say, start from the inside out, start with who you truly are at your core. and own it and deliver it online, you know, and in person with clarity, conviction, and consistency, because that's what people are seeing. So you make sure that when you're going in to build a relationship with your clients, your community, your team members, right? Even the followers on your page should convert them to the fan evangelist, the, the collaborator. You go in it with authenticity first, Okay. So that's the only way that the relationships can be formed from the jump. And when you already have that as the mindset, we're creating a sense of belonging. We're not focusing on buying. The relationships will come more naturally. And how this can work with what you're doing with your brand is that now, you know, what am I going to be blogging about, you know, on my website, I'm going to be answering questions that people have asked me. What am I going to be sharing in social posts? It's going to be sharing content that people want to engage with. And then what am I going to do with those conversations though when they come in? I mean, there's a list of things that you can do to start the relationship process out. That's just a couple. But then it's taking note of the people that are taking note of you and responding back in a way that lets them know that you see them and you appreciate them. And it's focusing on that one person without dismissing that smaller group or one-off individual because you're focused on the masses, if that makes sense. So it's like, for example, if I get a response back after, you know, whatever, a a speaking event or whatever, and I get a response back, I'm going to message them back. And a lot of times I try to do it personally as like an audio message or a video message, or at least comment back in a way that is asking a follow-up question or letting them know that I've taken note of them. If we've earned a client and we've earned their business, I'm going to send them a card or send them a video email and personalize it just a little bit in order to start that relationship off in on the right foot. And you said about all the people talking about Social Media Week Lima at the very beginning, and that's how it happened. So kind of to give you that quick timeline of how Lima, Ohio, which mind you is population 30,000. The closest airport is two hours away, okay? We were just talking about the weather being highs and lows and everybody suffering from allergies here, you know, all the the things. But (laughs) 
how did we get these dynamic speakers that typically get paid like 5,000 and up to speak in an event for two days here at this conference was because of relationships. So I first met many of them from social media marketing world. And how I approached that conference was instead of asking people, what do they do? And then going into what I did and yada, yada, you know, that's not the right way of going into a relationship. For example, that that's how you're, you're going at it from a sales approach, not a true, I want to connect with you and learn about you approach. So I started asking questions like, Hey, what's your superpower? You know, what's your kryptonite? Like something like that, or something about what they were wearing or something in a way that was not focused on anything that could be perceived as selling of them. So they knew that I was there to genuinely connect with them. Then I started hosting a s'mores night because I realized there were so many people there and I knew that there was individuals that I wanted to really connect with. And I was feeling like they were my kind of people, if you will. So I hosted a s'mores night where we just did s'mores and had wine on the fourth floor of the Hyatt um, Hotel. And s'mores is kind of like an Ohio thing. So it was giving them a taste of the Midwest. And then from there, I didn't reach out to them and speak at the event right away. I just connected with them and shared their content and messaged them, checked in on them just for the sake of checking in. And then it was a natural, hey, I want to speak at your event as soon as I announced it. That's where they came. When they got there, it didn't stop there though. Instead of just giving them like an Amazon gift card or whatever, you know, speakers usually get, I created a custom made bobblehead for them that was just them as a fun, unique, personalized gift. And the whole key of that is being personalized with everything, whether that's with a client that you're onboarding, whether that's with someone that you're working with one-on-one, or if it's simply a tweet or something that comes in, just taking a moment and personalizing your response back and doing so in a way that lets that other person feel that they are seen and understood in, in more of a way than you know just the typical auto canned responses, right? It gives them a sense of your personality. And, and that starts with what you're showing up in the search engines with, what your website process is like, you know, and that's the E of experience, which, you know, I don't know if you want to go into yet, but. Yeah. If we, before we jump into that, I think what, what's interesting is I, this idea of taking note of the people that take note of you is for me, I think it's, it's interesting. Cause I flipped that and I've said, you know, like you have to like them first. You have to be the one that, that likes someone first for them to like you back. But I like the idea of taking note of the people that take note of you. And also this idea of kind of being the host of the party, being, you know, because that kind of gives you more opportunity to take note. So, I, yeah, I'd like to ask one question. Uh, what stood out to me is you, had, you talked about this idea of taking note of the people that take note of you. And that's something that you know, I kind of say it differently. For me, it's this idea of you, know, you, have, to ha- you have to like them first before they can like you. But I like the idea of coming up with this, you know, like who, if people kind of come into your world, are you noticing? Are you, are you taking the extra step to maybe build a relationship in some way, shape or form? Uh, and I also like this idea of being the host of the thing. And, you know, that might be one of your strategy, but at the end of the day, like being a host gives you the opportunity to circulate around and for each person really pay attention and become interested in, what, in who they are and what they've got going on. And I, I think that that's, that that's special in terms of relationship building. So how do you go about, like, what is your process? Like someone comes into your world. And so when you're trying to take note of them, what are you actually doing? Yeah. And just to touch on something that you said about liking them first. I mean, I do feel that it's important to understand 
from the very get-go when you're working on that inside-out approach to truly understand and know who your personas are. Some people call them buyer personas. Some people call them avatars, whatever. But the individuals that you're truly there to show up for, right? And who you're having a conversation with before the conversation start. So what I mean by that is who's your website copy talking to? Who's your social post generated to? Like, who are you imagining that is watching your videos? Like, who are you truly trying to build that relationship with? When you have that understanding and when you show up then authentically as yourself with the intention of building a relationship with that person, that persona, those people will be magnetized to you. And on on the opposite side of that, also knowing who you're not there for, right? Like negative personas. And this sounds kind of bad, but it actually is super helpful for brands because it helps you identify quickly the individuals that you'll never be able to make happy that you'll never be able to truly provide the service that they are looking for or need or that product. And every interaction that you have as a a brand or a solopreneur, whatever, is either adding culture credit or culture debt. And the whole goal is building this culture credit of the people that do love working with you. And being that connector, like you mentioned, is one big piece of that. So even if someone hasn't worked with you yet or may never work with you. And let me give you an example of that. We literally have a persona at Now Marketing Group as Sheila, the cheerleader. And who Sheila is, is someone that we adore greatly. And she's amazing. And we provide free trainings and videos and all the things for her because she needs it in her brand. But she's not trying to grow and move forward with hiring a marketing company like ours to provide services for her. But is she literally Sheila the cheerleader? Yes. And she's talking about us all the time. So creating those experiences and and tools for her that's going to serve her and allow her to be seen and connected with, and we're building this great relationship with her, allows her to continue referring us on. So how brands can look at this after they outline who they are, what their manifesto is, what they're there to do, who their personas are, then they can look at opportunities to show up, to create instances, to have more conversations and relationship building. That could look like creating a resource section on your website that is also has like uh, free tools, but also maybe a community engagement element to it. It could be um, like, I love Hellman's mayonnaise example where they're using WhatsApp and they say, send me a picture of what ingredients you have in your home and we're going to give you a recipe to make for dinner. Like how more intimate can you be, right? With like then helping somebody make dinner as a company, as a mayonnaise company, you know, like it's opportunities. Like I love uh, Bella Vasta. She talks a lot about Facebook groups and she says, you know, it's inviting people to a community into a party. And she uses the analogy of, you know, you're, you're facing profiles, like your website and your Facebook page and your Instagram page and LinkedIn is like your front door of your house. You're going to keep it all nice and tidy and all that. But to build a relationship, you want to, those are the people that you invite to the backyard. It's not where you're inviting solicitors or anyone else. It's inviting your friends, your community, your tribe of people to your backyard to have a really meaningful experience. And that's what like Facebook groups can do, right? So like having that hub that brings like-minded 
people together for a common purpose can be amazing. Because not only are you providing this experience for them, but you're connecting them with more individuals that can also enhance it. And whether or not you've even worked with them directly, if they had an experience with someone else in that group that was positive and you were the one to facilitate it, it's still going to be meaningful. Like everyone that comes to Social Media Week Lima, we don't work with, we haven't worked with um, directly, but they're sharing on about the experience that they had there. And that is so amazing because now we're hearing about it, we're engaging with them, we're telling them thank you. And it just has this ripple effect. So I like to think about it like this, the old sales funnel methodology was in business. If we want to grow our business, we had to dump more sales or I should say leads at the top in order to get more sales, right? So we do all this advertising and marketing to get more people at the top of this funnel. And hopefully with all of our you know trickery, we can turn them from marketing leads to sales qualified leads to then sales. And then we just focus on dumping more leads at the top. When now with the relationships with every different type of person that we're coming in contact with our business, it's this flywheel effect, meaning that we are creating this momentum core that is our brand that is showing up with clarity, conviction, you know, and consistency that's now focusing on relationships with those that we serve. And what's happening is they're referring us more out outwardly to other people to work with us. And we're having this momentum growth that's sustainable and profitable over time because we're not having to just rely on getting more leads in the door. That's already being worked out for us because of the people that love us and, and are willing to, to have our back and share what, we, what we're putting out because they know it was created specifically for them. Yeah, I think that that would be desirable for for anyone out there that's building a business. If you could have the marketing being done for you because you've built momentum through the power of relationships, I think that'd be huge. I mean, obviously you still might need to develop some cold traffic, but beyond like that sales part of it, there's this other core that you could be, you know, is maybe an entire side of your business that you're not accessing. I love that. And I do want to say, if you want to meet and get to and talk to our friend Jessica here, because she's not going to sell you on this call. I know she's not. You can go to jessicaphillips.com. That's Jessica with a K, two L's and Phillips. Or you can go to nowmarketinggroup.com. And if they, if they go here, they, they want to reach out to you. Like what kind of things do, do people work with you on specifically? And then I'm going to get to some of these other questions in terms of experiences. But I want to just get this out there in case people are like, who is this Jessica? How does she help me? Yeah, sure. So we have a relationship marketing agency that focuses on helping brands get clarity on who they are, right? And how they can you know, capture attention, articulate their message and keep their audience coming back for more, like building that craveable brand where people want to you know, keep coming back to and get that repeat referral business. That's the goal. So we do that through some coaching and strategy at the very jump of working together. And then we help them in their business as an extension of their team. So it could be building them a website or helping them create some relationship marketing ideas. And, and I hate even saying campaigns because it's a commitment, not a campaign or email, video, whatever that looks like for them. Um, we have a full in-house agency to help them along the way. Let me ask you this and you can, you know, you can think about it, but would you consider relationship marketing 
difficult? I think so. Yeah. For many brands, honestly, I don't think it's difficult to do. I think it's difficult for many brands to commit to only because it's a long end game. It's a long end game. And I'll give you the same example with a water bottle company. Had she had given up in the first three months, she would have never got to where she was. If I share in many times in presentations on uh, different slides of clients and with her specifically, it was like the 10 month mark to where she jumped. And at the end of the 12 month mark, she had 336% increased ROI. But if you look at like months three and four, she had lost 1200 fans on her Facebook page alone, right? Because I mean, they grew some fans, but we had to shed the weight first, if you know what I mean. Like, because on her page and on her channels, there were a lot of people that were there that did not care about what they were talking about at all. They were just there because many times, you know, the company she was with before was like paying for likes, one, but two, it was not the true, authentic reason for their brand existing. It was focused on at that time about being American made product, which is all well and good, but that wasn't the core of who they truly are, right? It was still focused on their product. Yeah. You have to repel the people that, that really aren't for you and find the people that aren't. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us are like at the beginning, it's a numbers game. We're like, I'll take anybody. We're focused on sales and all that, but honestly, it's the easiest way to show up because it's just showing up as you. I think we overthink it sometimes. You know, it's like, just get, just forget that it's business for just a minute. What would you do? What do you want to read? What do you want to see? How do you want to be treated and show up that way, you know, and then say, okay, now how do we put a strategy to it? Yeah. Well, and I like that you call it relationship marketing. Cause just like when, when people hear the word brand, like it suddenly turns them into a different person, you know, but if you use the word reputation, you would do, you would take very different action. It's like, how would you grow your reputation as a business? You might take very different actions. And you said, how would you grow your brand? And I think when people twist the way that they think about these things, they might take actions that are very different. You, you, you would, the things would come from inside of you and the things you would do normally, you would just do more of it to more people. Yeah, absolutely. I think people get too caught up sometimes in the tools and not the technique and how they're showing up. But I love that brand reputation kind of distinction. It's the same thing, but yeah, that's, that's exactly what adds to the confusion. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Like when you write an email to your friend, it sounds one way. And then if you wrote a business email to them from your company, suddenly like you're a robot and you don't know how to write a human email anymore. I think it's, it's just, it's a trigger in our heads that we we have to get out of this marketing kind of mindset, if you will. Exactly. I'd love to get into this idea. I kind of want to know what you think keeps people from starting kind of taking these right actions. And then I have, I definitely have some very specific questions about kind of what to do and what people can start doing right now. What do you think starts, keeps people from like taking action and doing things that might help them like this? I feel like this hustle culture has been kind of pushed so much that people are afraid to pause and take a step back and really focus on, okay, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, like um, one, it doesn't feel good to think that we've messed anything up, you know, but when all reality, it's the hardest thing to do and the bravest and most profitable thing to do to truly take a step back and say, hey, how, how can we get back on track and build that solid foundation? 
because I think so many people are just, it's ingrained in us. We see it everywhere. Just keep pushing, 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 pushing hustle culture and not truly taking a genuine look at things and stepping in the mindset of how everyone's feeling about it. You know, like the messages you're putting out, like if you, and this is something we do with our team, when they're writing out social posts for a client, we're like, okay, read them out loud. Would it sound natural if you're saying it? Right. And and the same thing with all the things that we do. I think people are just afraid to pause because they think they'll miss something. They're afraid to just focus in deep on some channels because what if they, you know, get left behind or a competitor kind of jumps in front of them, that kind of mindset when all reality, like this is the thing that will make it so much more powerful and sustainable when you pause and get it right. Yeah. What's funny is I think that if you're doing it for yourself, if like you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur and you're doing this work yourself, you either don't have a lot of time to really put the thought into it. You're just trying to get it done or you've been taught to just kind of copy what someone else has done. But if you're in a business that has the benefit of having a couple people helping you, I actually worry that there's not enough ownership given to the people writing the copy to like, they're worried that you will judge them writing in a more personal voice. I think that there's some, some bad habits there. Um, that, that people could get over if they work with, if they either take the time themselves to think about it or give more ownership to the people that are doing it themselves. You're absolutely right. Like that even goes on the flip side. We've even had some clients we've worked with before where they were afraid to publish something because of wanting to have that kind of, I need to go through everything. And there wasn't trust kind of built yet at that point, like when we just started working with each other. So they hadn't moved on anything. Like that's the other thing, like just you still got to push it out there. Start with the foundation and then just keep going. Like everybody realizes that you're human, you know? Yeah. And you can't just shut it all down and, and pause things uh, to get it to perfection because that perfection is, as Brian Fanzo, my friend, your friend says, like, it's a fairy tale, you know, <laughs> it does not exist. Yeah, exactly. So let's dive into this, some like specific steps that people can take away, maybe try themselves that can help build relationships whether it's using social media or experiences, direct communication. You did mention dark social. I'd love you to explain what that is, if, if that's part of this, because I don't want people to be confused. But like, what are some of these things that people can start doing right now? Yeah, so that brings us to the E in care, and that is about building exceptional experiences. So now that we know who we're trying to track, who we are as a brand, what we're there to do, have the team members in place that are passionate about it. Now it's looking at, how are we showing up online from before someone's a customer and they're going on this journey, which 90% of all buying decisions start online, 60% of the process before that, while they're making that decision, choosing this water bottle or this water bottle, right, is being made without us knowing. And they're taking in consideration what people are saying about the company. So we have to know those things first and then what they're even being greeted with when they go online or stop in our physical storefront, whatever that looks like for your business. And in today's world, it's a mixture of both for no matter who you are, right? But then going online and seeing from a customer's perspective, what does it look like to buy or find out about a service? You know, is there speed, ease of use, accessibility in order to work with you? And when you are showing up to respond to something that comes in, are you doing so in a way that is adding more value than what somebody else is putting in? So it goes into your website, your SEO, taking that stuff, 
seriously. And then having resources on your website to make things easy for your customer easier. So what we recommend for clients to do is to start out literally writing their full sales process, onboarding process, and then nurturing. So after somebody becomes a customer, process out and look for opportunities to reduce friction and add delight. So it could be, hey, you know, you just came on the website and we're giving you an ebook. Well, could we rewrite that email in a way that's more personalized? Could we uh, now add in a bonus there to enhance that experience? But even more than that, you know, what are some of the, you know, I love how Pat Flynn, he talks about like quick wins, like what are some of the quick wins that you can give individuals, but then after they become a customer, how can you ensure that everyone's on the same page? I'll give you an example. I was actually booked a ticket to Cabo flight and for whatever reason, it saved my maiden name on my flight ticket. And I'm like, what the heck? How did that even happen? I'm messaging into the app. And I had to go through five reps, still don't know if it's taken care of, but every time I was starting over, that experience is negative, is so frustrating. So what needs to happen as organizations is us look at what is that experience like? How can we improve it? How can we make sure everyone's on the same page? So if someone's purchased from us, that we have that info readily available, we don't make them repeat it that their emails that they're receiving, the promotional emails are personalized to them. Even the ads, if they're receiving ads, that we know how we're showing up in every area that is focused on them and how can we add and enhance things that we're doing to give more access to us as a brand and them more control, them being our customers, more control of how they can navigate through the experience of working with us. Yeah, I think there's it's a kind of the twist it too. I think that you can put yourself in the in the customer journey, like you're saying. But also, if you the more you can like just live in their world, be one of them, I, you're going to f- start to find bonds. It's like when Red Bull decided, you know what, all of our uh, people that would be drinking our product are into you know X sports and alternative sports, and we're just going to be where they are. We're going to sponsor these events. We're going to show up. We're going to distribute drinks. We're going to be you know, have their influencers be our brand advocates. You know, they embedded themselves in this world and said, you know, we, we get you. We are one of you. We're here to be in your world where you are. You know, no, not just the TV ad. We're going to go to where you go. Yeah. And I think that there's this idea of how do you embed yourself in the world of your clients and be a part of their community. And you check in with them and see, like, things evolve and change. Like, how can we serve you better? You know, like, having conversations to understand, right? Like, in what your customer is looking for? What do they need? What can make it easier for them? And it's even sometimes creating things that aren't necessarily directly a part of your brand, but it's still providing experience in a way that is giving people that association with your brand. So like trying to think of an example of this, like uh, for example, Agora Pulse, um, they do a fantastic job of relationship marketing. And many times they'll host like a summit or something online, giving social media tips, right? They they are a social media scheduling tool, but they'll even show up and provide um, like at a conference where they sponsored those pedicabs, I think is what they're called, you know, where people didn't have to pay for it. And their whole message was, we're going to make your life easier you know, and where you don't have to worry about things. And they're creating different experiences that all tie back to the personality of the company. It changes everything when you do that. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, it's funny, it's like something as cold as software is, you know, I've, I've actually discovered a lot of software through warm relationships, through either a party that they sponsored and hosted or through the networking because they had a brand advocate that just showed up where I was and I met them uh, or whatever, even it's something as simple as a trade booth. Um, but just they were involved and engaged in my world. So yeah, I'd, I'd say the same thing for sure. And they weren't trying to sell you all the time. Yeah, they exactly. Sell they were, yourself, you know? You're like, I want to be their friend. Like that's that's the best salesperson. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'd, you know, as we're wrapping up here, I'd love to kind of end with kind of what is exciting for you right now. What are you, what's in your brain, what that you want to like put out there that you think is going to help people that, you know, if you had to take the stage here, like what would you tell people? Yeah. And something that's really exciting for me right now, and it actually hits on the last point, <laughs> dark social that I didn't fully kind of come back to, but it's that it's dark social. That's something I'm really excited about because that's conversation. So what dark social is from a definition perspective is the traffic that's coming to our websites that we can't measure or attribute to where it started. And What's exciting to me is that that's 86% of our website traffic today, and it may show up as direct traffic or not even, you can't even measure where it's coming from. But what's exciting to me is that more and more consumers are craving this sense of belonging, this hierarchy, you know, Maslow hierarchy of needs. And it gives us as brands really unique opportunities to quickly build bonds faster, you know, with our customers and future customers if we focus on. What will it take to start that conversation? How can we generate those conversations happening? How can we add, you know, even if it's just the free messenger platform that Facebook gives you on our website to give people a chance to ask questions quickly and and get into the inbox while they're going through their sales journey? You know, how can we use now stories and get people to start a conversation. I love that LinkedIn just rolled out with LinkedIn stories. And something I posted yesterday was, where's the next place that you're going to be traveling, you know, when everything's back open? And it was me like holding a, a globe, you know, like the now marketing group globe and people responding back. And we started having conversation of places you're traveling. It just allows all of us as individuals, I feel like to get more real and connected and authentic in how we are approaching business and relationships in general by going to a more intimate, connected, and private community of having these conversations. And I feel like that's honestly going to be a huge game changer that we see not only this year, because it's already started shifting the brands that are greatly growing because they've already had in place but brands that are going to rise up and be those companies that were just like, where'd you come from? You know, because they started doing it already. And so I'm excited where, where this next wave of marketing and, and how we can influence through having our, our brand's story out there with our community backing us up. Yeah, I like that. I mean, as a podcaster, especially, there's a lot of people that listen or that visit your website that you'll never know who they are because it's, you know, it's a mystery. It's anonymous. And we always, you know, what do we call, what do we, what do we call like lurkers or whatever? Like, I feel like it's negative, but really it's this, they're in the dark and they haven't decided to introduce themselves. And maybe it's on us as businesses, as people creating media or whatever, to reach out to them first and say, Hey, I'd like to know you. I'd like to meet you. And it might be a more personal reach out that will work as opposed to just sending them to your sales page and letting the technology build a relationship. Sometimes you have to open the doorway 
to invite in the personal relationship. So I love that idea of like, how do you get them from the dark into the light to where you can have a face-to-face? There's so much information out there on everyone. Honestly, I mean, kind of creepy, right? But like, there's so much information out there on every individual for the most part to where you can find something about them that just takes a minute that then you can personalize in the inbox and respond to them. He'd be like, oh my God, you just celebrated your anniversary. You know, and I see you went to this place, blah, 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 whatever, right? Like just make it personal and and make it real and and not then as soon as they respond, going for the pitch either or the sale, <laughs> like let things happen naturally and you'll be surprised with the results and how much more you get out of it than you ever would have. Yeah. And it's what's funny is the reason you would get that information is because you're curious about them. Not because it's a sale. It's like, if you actually genuinely want to talk to these people, you doing research is you being curious as to who they are and like what, what their life's like. And that's just going to make your, your business stronger and your, your reach out stronger. I love that. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I feel like we had a lot of knowledge in there packed up. I know people are going to be rewinding and listening to this, but if you guys want to reach out and get a hold of Jessica, that's Jessica Phillips from nowmarketinggroup.com. And uh, just, I appreciate having you on today. I know this just is the beginning of multiple interactions that we're going to continue to have in our relationship. So I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me talk about my favorite topic here. So, <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about relationships. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. And to our listeners out there, keep on tuning in. And if you get a chance and uh, you capture this episode, you like what you heard, go ahead and let me know that you step out of the light. Like, let me know that you're listening and I will interact with you in the in the comments on those posts and i appreciate you listening and tune in again next week and we'll keep on bringing more experts like this for you guys to listen to thank you you've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of brands on brands but we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters head over to brandsonbrands.com for resources as well as access to our blogs videos and exclusive coaching sessions with your host Be sure to visit brandsonbrands.com.